Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome to Reliving the Extreme. Nate Maxson here with you, along with my brother Aaron. What's up, everybody? And Mr. Chad Austin. Uh, Feliz Año Nuevo. <laughs> this what week we will, be, we will be discussing the episode of ECW from March the 14th, 1995. Hope everybody had a good Christmas. Chad, did you have a good Christmas this year? I think so. Jess told me I did. She That's said she had a need. good Christmas. So, I mean, her daughter did me good. <laughs> when I didn't have time to go out shop, I just handed her her daughter a couple hundred dollars. They like that anyway, especially once once they're old enough. My kids don't want anything from me but money. Just give me money. Yeah, I mean, just just really would just take anything. Yeah, we it was fine. We did. Um, I got her her usual. Not I get her the same like a part of the same gift every year. It's one of them Pandora gimmicks. Mm-hmm. It's like she loves them gimmick charms, and then I get her one of them every year and. Usually, usually a per. Oh, I got her. A, oh, I forgot. I got her a Ric Flair robe, but it wasn't really a Ric Flair robe. It was a J.C. Penny robe. <laughs> Olivia Walker didn't make it, but I think J.J. Walker did. Like Vince McMahon said, it's a French cut. J.C. Penny. Yes. Yeah. Um, I walked past it. It was it was like the ugliest color, like like this ugliest dark gray color. But you know how Flair has them little things that go down the lapel. Yeah. You know, like the the glitter kind of things that's exactly what he had and when i walked past it i was just like oh shit that that looks like a, a, you know an nwo flare like just um a robe thing so i got her that too yeah it was decent i got my 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 figures you know my daughter my daughter my daughter got me a t-shirt uh that had the stylization of the godfather but it said the Podfather. so at least i have one fan thanks oh i, I, I saw that it. yeah that is cool you steal it. Would you get it off? Uh, hey, hey, it's Conrad.com. <laughs> I don't know where she. <laughs> I don't know where she got it, but if she got it from Conrad, I'm, I'm good. She's a traitor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> well, like I said, we're going to discuss the episode of ECW from March 14th, 1995. But before we do that, this week Aaron has material, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, on the Reliving the Extreme podcast, and and this will this will be his making up for leaving us early last week. Yeah, um, I was stuck in a hotel over Christmas because Ohio got hit with weather, and I didn't want to get stranded going to work. So I was bored, stuck, and there was no bars anywhere around. So it was just me sitting in a hotel. They didn't find you hanging somewhere. No, if you would have told me you were bored in a hotel and there was no bars. That's why I travel with booze. Oh, I had booze. So I was okay. That's, that's all I'm making sure. Yeah, I, was, I, I, I had beer, but I was just drinking. Tra- travel with booze. I travel with booze and without my belt, just in case I run out of booze. Right. So um, the way this was born was Chad was telling us about the fact that he trained um, the Velveteen Dream and um, how the Velveteen Dream has turned out to be a pedophile. <laughs> so... Um, I have built oh, no. the pedo pro wrestling. <laughs> I thought it said Pedro when you. No, it's pedo. I was like, "What the fuck are we doing now? What is the Pedro Wrestling no. Federation?" This is the pedo pedo pro wrestling. It's just, oh, it's just, all right, now just, I can now I can participate because I was just going to look just, at it like that was going to be your bit. Yeah, I was going to say. Every match is just Pedro Morales versus Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> uh, this is Pedo Pro Wrestling. Um, their slogan is wrestling's worst kept secret. <laughs> um, they have a roster. 
of 20 guys. Um, but first, we're going to do their ring announcer. The ring announcer is Mel Phillips, obviously. <laughs> um, they have an announced team, and it is uh, Rob, it's Rob Feinstein and the dad from Seventh Heaven. <laughs> he was a pedo. Uh, now, do you guys want the roster or the pay per views? For- <laughs> what, what, what do you put? Well, you, I really, you really were bored now. I was fucking bored of shit and drunk. You know, we're doing an ECW television review. Yeah, this isn't going to be very long. So, um, okay. <laughs> uh, so I'll give you the dark web events. For, you have to get on the dark web to watch these. Um, they only it's bi-monthly pay-per-views on the on the dark web. Um, January that pay-per-view is called Stranger Danger. The March pay-per-view is Sex and Candy. Um, May is Mustache Mania. July. Uh, that pay-per-view is the Great American Stash. <laughs> September is Indecent Exposure. <laughs> and the November pay-per-view is Gobble Gobble. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to have a tag team? It's like the panel, the white panel Van Express. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, the roster is made up of 20 individuals. 10 of them. How long were you snowed in? Two days. Um, Jesus Christ. Ten of them are um, PP. They're all heels, right? Oh, yeah. There's not okay, a face. Yeah, I'm just making group. sure you ain't trying to, you ain't trying to baby face somebody. There's, yeah, there's, 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 no, there's no tweeners. Maybe some tweakers, but no tweeners. Is there Peter Morales? <laughs> I didn't think of that one. God damn it. <laughs> but there, there's ten um, already established um, professional wrestlers, and we call them the ODs. They're the original diddlers. And, and then there's, there's some PPW um, original, like they they got their start in this. So here's the OBs. Um, first, Terry Garvin, and mm-hmm. then Art, Art Bar, clearly uh, Steve Gatorwolf, good lord, um, Buxumoff. He's like the John <laughs> Cena of the PPW. <laughs> I was about to say the same thing. He's their John Cena because you yes. know the, the musical guy. Who are we yeah. talking about this? Uh, Bob Sweetan. Oh my God! Uh, the Velveteen Dream. <laughs> Hardbody Harrison. <laughs> Bill Armstrong. Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler. Jerry Lawler is cutting it kind of closer. Yeah, he did. He cut it a little close. Um, <laughs> and then the Undertaker of the PPW, Grizzly Smith. <laughs> Good Lord! Are all all walk into a bar? <laughs> Don't want to know anything about Grizzly Smith's streak. I'll tell you that right yeah, now. When he comes out, they like they chant, "You still got it. <laughs> you deserve it. <laughs> You're the diddler." <laughs> so now here's the original. Right? The original. By God, he diddled his own children. <laughs> what a legend! These are the originals. These are like the the home grown talent from PPW. Uh, the first is the van man. <laughs> then we have cyber Steve. Uh, uh, the next guy is just incarcerated. <laughs> you ready for the next one? Uh, it's creepy Jim. <laughs> we all know one of them. Yeah. And then we the next guy, the bar tonight. The next guy's a mask wrestler, 
And it's oh, a, it, it, the only smart one. <laughs> it, it's a rubber foreign mask, and it looks like Gordon Jump. <laughs> and he goes by Mr. Horton, the bicycle man. Oh, oh no, you're not going to shit on Mr. Horton. Dude, he give, he'll give you a free radio if you hand out the flyers. <laughs> <laughs> and he has arcade games in his, in, yeah. in his place and, and yeah. cake and ice cream and booze. <laughs> I mean, do not chill, Mr. Horton. I was thinking about him being a company of the ring by like the Haiti kid. Because <laughs> uh, what, what's his name is dead. Arnold. Yeah. He couldn't get cool. Arnold or Dudley. <laughs> Um, the next guy, his name's just Andy. That's Andy. Andy from up the street. Yeah, you don't want to be around Andy from up the street. Um, the next one is our na- <laughs> is our Native American wrestler. Uh, his name is Wahoo McFingerbang. Who you writing with? Is it Wahoo Mc? Is it is it Wahoo McFingerbang or Wahoo McFingerbangs? Either, <laughs> either way, it depends on the territory. Um. The next one is a clown gimmick. He sniffed the clown. <laughs> that's, not only, that's not Get only a name. It's not only a name. It's also a request. Yes. <laughs> um, then the next one is the diddler on the roof. <laughs> He's shit. Russian. He's the Russian. He's the Russian. The diddler right. on the roof. And then ending out the roster, Plowboy Stranger. <laughs> that's quite a list, man. That's, that's pedo pro wrestling. There, <laughs> yes, is, is. there is there is one baby face, and that's um, whenever you. This is harkening back to another episode of the show. That's whenever Stan Hansen shows up. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. Stan, and yeah, Stan and Chris Hansen show up together. <laughs> I can just see it. Stan shows up like he's booked. And he walks into the locker room and finds out all these guys' names and all. And he's just, a clown. He's, <laughs> he's all stunned. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, while he's putting this, while he's putting this match or his adventure together with whoever, that's when Chris Hansen walks in. And all of a sudden, Stan Hansen just backs out. <laughs> he's like, "These guys better stay away from my big fat wife and my big fat children." <laughs> I didn't know just incarcerated hit. Oh, good <laughs> lord! Anything diddle related? The, the Gordon, the Gordon Jump mask also popped. Up. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, it's a Mr. Horton, the bicycle guy. That's that's a that's an episode. That's a two episode um, different strokes that me and Je- me and Jess watched together as a family. <laughs> like we make, when I DVR when I see that it's on, like you make a popcorn tonight. Why? It's the bicycle shop. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Horton, Dudley gets diddled. <laughs> That's the greatest. It's the greatest two uh, two episodes in bullshit sitcom history. Oh. You know when this when the sitcoms went from being funny to we got to have a message. Oh, they had a message, all right. I, I would only want to see the picture of um. Just say there a picture surfaced of Arnold doing the timeless artist seduction, <laughs> like George Costanza. <laughs> I, I'd buy that. Devon shows up and gets revenge because that was his cousin. Devon. Yeah, Dudley. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, testify. <laughs> I don't think Devon. I think Devon so far up to WWE's ass now that he would have already um, taken himself out of that situation. 
You know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna call my friend the Dream over here. I'm gonna see what old Pat Clark's doing. That that was some shit, man. You didn't that, read me my Miranda rights. You didn't read dude. me my Miranda rights. You didn't read me. That's my... that's spoken. It's coming from somebody who obviously has been in that same seat before. It, cra- it cracked me up when Cornette Cornette said that uh, uh, he's gonna come back to wrestling and his new gimmick was gonna be that his name is Miranda rights. Miranda rights. That's a <laughs> uh, dude. If, if he if he doesn't. He's just he's just completely stupid, that you know. Because I mean, who's going to book him as the Velveteen Dream? Who who wants to see? There's there's no chance. I mean, I'm I, I'm sure that Maryland's done with him. I, I can't speak for Dan or any any of the other people from MCW where he came out of that I helped train, but I can't see them bringing him back. So the only way he would ever have the chance to come back is to disappear. And yeah. just reinvent himself and stop with the diddling. <laughs> I mean, that's just, enough. Yeah, I know. I know. I know it was hard enough for me to stop chewing my fingernails, but I eventually did it. So, Velveteen Dream, will you please just stop with the, you know what? Cut off a finger. Cut off the diddle finger. Oh, I, I forgot it was boys too, right? Eh, yikes. <laughs> the diddle finger. We got the ring finger and the peaky finger. The diddle finger. <laughs> when somebody gives you the middle finger, imagine when they give you the diddle finger. Yeah, no. Dude, that's that, them fighting words. <laughs> the shitty oh, situation. You get, you get a you get into an incident in road rage and you gotta go to court and you gotta tell the judge that why you know beat the guy up because they gave you the diddle finger. <laughs> and then your lawyer's gotta explain the diddle finger. Well, Aaron, thank you for Pedo Pro Wrestling, and it was it was be- it, it was it was better than it was better than the original PPW. So you got that going for you too. But uh, before we get into this episode of ECW review, Chad mentioned in our um, group chat earlier something about the house shows from around this time, um, and all I could find I couldn't find anything in the Pro Wrestling Torch, so I looked at historyofwwe.com because it has it has most house shows and things noted for ECW, WWE, and, and WCW. And the only things, the only ones that I could find other than the February 25th ECW Arena show that we see footage from on this show, there was one March 3rd, <coughs> 95, at Northeastern Catholic High School in Philly. Uh, Tommy Dreamer pinned Stevie Richards. Dino Sendoff and Donnie Allen defeated the Tasmaniac via disqualification in a handicap match. Dean Malenko fought Two Cold Scorpio to a 20-minute draw. The Sandman beat J.T. Smith. Sabu pinned uh, Nishimura. Public Enemy beat Hack Myers and Mikey Whipwreck. And Douglas beat Tully Blanchard. And then after this ta- after this show aired, March 17th and Jim Thorpe, Raven beat Hack. 911 beat Tony Stetson and Johnny Hotbody. Uh, Dean Malenko beat the Tasmaniac. Cactus Jack beat the Sandman. Public Enemy beat Ron Simmons and Too Cold. And, and Shane Douglas defeated Tommy Drew. So I don't see Hector. I know you said Hector Hector made you think of something. But I don't see Hector on either one of these shows. Well, that, that that's what's weird. Because this is... um. I mean, do we do we have any knowledge of Hector must have came back again, right? He had to have because we did a show at it was like a in a in a, in a Mexican a Latino um like kind of bar or kind of a venue, mm-hmm. and that was the first night that the new ECW show, the open debuted with mm-hmm. the uh, Nine Inch Nails and the White Zombie. 
thing because like I remember Hector being there and then Paul brought the tape and he put it into the system and he was he had oh. all the boys gather around. Uh, okay, okay. Does the name Big Apple Dinner Theater <laughs> ring a bell to you? Probably, yeah. That that um, probably is it. Because February twenty fourth, oh I'm sorry, no. Uh yeah. In Kennett Square, Pennsylvania, February twenty fourth, the main event was Shane Douglas pinned Hector. Okay, that, that probably makes sense. But yeah, that was just that was the, the night that it just that reminded me it was because Hector, unless he came back again, I was like that was the night that Paul gathered all the crew around all the monitors in that in that in that venue because it was like a club, like a mm -hmm. club kind of thing. And he was just and he put it on without any introduction to it. He was just telling everybody to watch the monitors. And and there was the ECW open that we all came to know, you know, with the nine inch nails and the um and we all we all clapped and everything and Paul got up on the thing and was thanked everybody and all this stuff and and I, that's what that's the only reason why I was just wondering because that was that to me was like it was like a memorable moment, you know? Because right. mm -hmm. if you if because it was a skeleton crew, not not so much a skeleton crew, but it wasn't an ECW arena show because it didn't have all the extras, you know, people in the locker room. It was everybody who was booked on the show. And all the necessary, you know, employees and, and well, and it, it yeah, it totally makes sense because it says here um, that you on this show, you actually wrestled on the show, you get you got beat by Taz, so that makes sense. You were there, so that's probably the show you're you're thinking of. Then that was probably the, the show where when Taz called the spot where he wanted me to give him a Frankensteiner over the top rope, he was going to catch me right. Like he'd be on the floor, and I'd go over the top rope, land on the shoulders, go for the Hurricane Rana, and his little fucking a sky low low ass. Um, he he caught me. He caught me too high on my legs. Like so, I don't know how he did it, dude. I'll give him all the credit in the world. He didn't let me hit my head, but I was just a matter of just a couple of inches away from bashing my head on the concrete, and and. The deal was I was supposed to get into Hurricane Rana on the floor, but he was going to turn into a power bomb or whatever. That that bitch picked me up by my legs while I'm dangling, you know, while I'm dangling there. He 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 shimmied him. He shimmied my body back up to his, so he could um put me back into that power bomb position. And the floor had like sawdust on it and shit. It was, I don't know what the hell they were doing. The boot scooting boogie and some shit. <laughs> I mean, that that, some, that whole run is weird. Some saw, sawdust and some peanut shells on the floor. <laughs> that whole entire that whole entire little run of some of them buildings that Paul used to run were just some of the you know to, you know the Mont Montgomeryville flea market. Like it, it was just it had to have been economics, right? Mm -hmm. Like he got it for you know next to nothing. He had somebody go out and look for a place that was pretty much going to go out of business and just needed somebody to come in and do something. Wow. And and, and this was the hour that was going to take us to the extreme. Find me a dump. Yep. <laughs> I mean, one that we can fuck up worse than what it was when we went, you know, and they're not even going to know who did the damage to it. Because it, it was, I'm sorry, this place was already fucked up when we got here. <laughs> you got to explain that to Clancy the janitor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the guy who ain't been, his only job was to unlock the building just so you can get in. So you fuck it up and you just explain to him. But that's how it was when he got in. Wow. Those buildings, man. That's a, that's a whole other story. Well, 
The episode we're covering here of ECW, of course, as I said before, March 14th, 1995. Uh, we open the show. They're back. They're back. Very prominent <clears throat> on this week's show. The public enemy have returned. Um, they're reading a contract. And as we go through the show, and, and I got to say, at least they told a story through the show with this whole deal. Public enemy trying to get a contract signed for a triple threat tag team championship match with themselves. Malenko and Benoit and Sabu and Taz. So we start with Joey Styles with the public enemy. And um, they're mocking Joey Styles. Anything about this intro, guys, That with the PE? Uh, I just put my first note is the public enemy appears trying to pretend they can read. Well, obviously. <laughs> God damn it, Aaron. <laughs> I mean, obviously they were um, killing time. Like they were just flopping papers around, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they were just, um, that, that was, that, that was kind of like, uh, I don't know what it was just filler, I guess you'd say, cause it, nothing really became, you know, but, it, but they were, they were, they were going to get this contract signed. That was the whole point of it. Right. Right. And the, <clears throat> the, uh, the next segment, hey, they, we, we, we kind of get, we kind of get, well, the first, the first sign gets, uh, gets there. The first half of the contract gets signed. Cause we get a, Polly pa- Joey is with Polly dangerously. Polly cuts a promo on all the happenings from the the last ECW show on February 25th. He talks about uh, D Malenko and Taz wanting a rematch with Benoit and Malenko. I'm sorry, with Ben I, Sabu and Taz wanting a rematch with Malenko and Benoit. Public Enemies in 911's in, and of course they want to get the contract signed. And I believe at this point in the show is with Polly. I don't think there's another segment with Polly. I think he does sign the contract. Yeah, the 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 story I think they're trying to tell is that that Benoit and Malenko don't want to give um, Sabu and Taz a rematch, like a one on one rematch, and then this triple threat thing kind of falls into Polly's lap, and he's like, "Ah, this is the way I can get my guys in the ring." It was it was, it was a way to get Public Enemy over. Yeah. Like throw him in the throw him into the mix with um top talent, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was great because you're right, <laughs> you're right, Aaron. I was like, Paulie kind of. I bet you he figured that shit out on the, by accident. <laughs> he was like, oh shit, now what are we gonna do with uh, um these guys? <laughs> you know, over here. Now we got to figure out something to do with public enemy. Let's throw all in. Let's throw all six of these guys in, which was couldn't have been good for Rocco Rock and Johnny Grunge. I mean, you know, match-wise, quality-wise, there's no chance that none of the other four guys were really going to sell. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, all right, here's you got this lineup here. You got a, you got a Ferrari, you got a Lamborghini, <laughs> and you got a Chevette and a couple of escorts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Johnny, he stole the wrong car. <laughs> Why did we get a Yugo, Johnny? I thought it was all right, man. I mean, I kind of, I, I, I kind of got a little chuckle out of it when you know Grunge using the phone gimmick. And whose whose phone was that? Oh, was it? I, well, was it, it, look, it looked it looked like Polly's phone, but it wasn't. Well, I mean, because Joey did Joey say that was my phone, or did Joey say hey, that's Paul's phone? No, they said I, he I got, stole Paul's phone. Snowball. Not stole Paul's phone. <laughs> I thought he said he was Snowball's phone. Who the fuck Snowball? Snowball. He's in Peter's wrestling. Yeah. He's their Orange Cassidy. His hands are always in his pockets. Yeah. He's freshly squeezed. All right. 
<laughs> we get we get Joey Styles back on screen and he talks about how Two Cold Scorpio is back and he's looking for the man that injured him, Dean Malenko. And then they show us highlights. They showed us the whole match of a I match between between Hector Guerrero and Two Cold Scorpio at the ECW arena, which Two Cold wins. But again, you know, you've got a lot, like you said. Chad, you got some filler in this show. Why couldn't they show me more of this match? This I think like a- I know why. I, I if I recall correctly, um, Hector didn't take <laughs> um, to the ECW faithful. Uh, it wasn't a it, yeah. I think they I think they were expecting a, a better Guerrero, <laughs> or at least wanted a better Guerrero. I think at this point they would have taken Vicky. I wonder if there were gobbledygooker champions. Uh, no, I, you know, honestly, I don't remember that because I because there was a level of respect. Mm-hmm. Um, it it was it was almost kind of like the same kind of level of respect as Tully, but turn you know Tully was obviously turned up a notch or two, but just the fact that these you know smart fans got a chance to see Hector Guerrero probably for the last time they were ever going to see Hector Guerrero come back and he looked relatively good. It was, he was the classic, it was the classic guy like Tommy Rogers, um, you know, Steve Williams, all them guys that went away for a while and came back and wanted to reinvent themselves. And ECW was a perfect platform for him for, you know, to see what, where they, where they still, still stood, you know, within the business. But yeah, Hector didn't, Hector didn't take. Yeah, except I, I, for the, except for in that one place with the sawdust and the peanut shells on the floor. I think it would, and it's not because they're both Mexican guys or whatever, but it's kind of like kind of like Tito going to ECW. It's like, eh, it's not really his, it's not, really, it's not really his style of a promotion. The deal with Hector would probably. That's one thing about the wrestling business that's funny is that it's you're dealing with so many different races and stuff. it's it's kind of like hard to be racist you know what i mean in the wrestling business because you have to you know you have to be friends with like you know um black guys and you know and, and hispanic guys yeah. it's, it's I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to say like the race thing i was just saying like oh no i know you I, think, I just think like hector's style just didn't really it wasn't really gonna do well in front of that crowd you know what i mean like he doesn't have a hard edge. There's not a hard edge to Hector Guerrero. No, and 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 they they would they they would need to give him a lot of time, a lot of time to get that stuff over. But Paul wasn't going to invest that much time, and you know because Hector was probably only in for what the three days or whatever right. it was that he was there. He wasn't going to invest a thirty-five minute, forty-minute match so Hector can go out there and show you how he gets into these intricate moves. You know, and you know, there's much more to it, but Hector had to dumb it down, and therefore, like I said, he didn't take. Well, after that, after we get the footage from Too Cold versus Hector, we get Joey and Public Enemy back again, and this is the part where uh, Joey's wallet and watch go missing, obviously, and uh, they wind up, like you guys mentioned, with Paulie's phone. They're still going on about the contract, and then we show Shane Douglas, and he is in New York City, driving around New York City, and he wants you to call the hotline to find out why. And obviously at this point we're in March of 95. The rumors are flying that Shane Douglas is going to be joining the world wrestling federation. Which isn't until, um, which isn't until July. Now, I mean, he, he, he debuts on TV in July, but it's the WWF. So I, I'm pretty sure he probably signs by. Yeah. 90 days prior, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. that, it's about right. Right. 
And how smart and then, of it, how smart is it to just go ahead for, for Pauly, especially in this era where a lot of things weren't acknowledged by promotions about other promotions. If you're just going to be that promotion, I guess it's smart to just acknowledge it, you know, and say the big, the big, the big, the big guys want one of our guys because our, our, I don't know, our organization's so good or whatever. Right. I guess that's, that's what you're trying to portray, you know? Yeah. And it's also, uh, it's also, um, it's a, it's a, it's a recognizing, you know, you're right. It's a recognizing we are what we are. And we are lucky enough that we were even on their radar that they found somebody here that they, you know what I mean? That they wanted that, that just, that just gives us credit. Cause I mean, it would have, it would have not done anything for the company for, for Shane just to leave. No, just, yeah, the, and, uh, and you know, and like, just, also, say finish, just say finish up just, you, and, know, how they, you know, and, and, and how much more heat does that get Shane? In the right. time that he's going to be left, if they know that he's negotiating with the WWF, man, it's yeah, also exactly. it's also the genius of Paul. Paul always acknowledged when somebody was going to the WWF or WCW from ECW because Paul loved to make it where ECW was the underdog and the victim. <laughs> you know what I mean? We we have been victimized by these two major corporations again. They are taking our talent. You love them. They are taking them because we have the best talent, but we can't keep them because we're the victims. So, I mean, it's it's all that psychology, and it's why the fans that were ECW fans love that promotion so much. They felt like they were part of something. We are the victims that Vince McMahon is taking our talent, but I'm also <laughs> going to not acknowledge the fact that Vince is paying me. <laughs> because I mean, we're talking about Paul Heyman. That, yeah, it's like I'm not going to mention that that Vince gave me five grand because I told him, "Well, Shane leaving is going to hurt me a little bit in my bookings." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. that's that's <laughs> the best. Is that Paul cried? Paul cried it. But and then Vince was behind it. But at, at uh, you know, honestly, to tell you the truth, at this point, the involvement it it was way, way, way smaller than it had become. Way smaller than it become. It it was only you know that's the only reason why um Shane got what three months or whatever whatever notice had this because it was just like the invasion hasn't started. Like the whole you know, rating of everybody hadn't even started yet. This was probably Vince's a barometer of how easy it was going to be to fucking CW over. But, you know, let's see if we can get their top fucking guy. What's it going to take? You know what I mean? And we'll see how fragile they are. You're going to notice everybody as we go through the, the history of ECW, you're going to notice, you'll definitely know when Vince is starting to give Paul some good kickback. And the reason I say that is there comes a point where they portray WCW as the ultimate. The WWF's there, and they're taking some of our... But WCW becomes the ultimate villain because they're not the ones giving Polly money. I mean, it's, it's plain and simple. That's, that's, the, that's the long and short of it. Yeah, what did Dreamer say in that one documentary? He said that, that Paul saying you joining WCW was the equivalent of joining the Taliban. Like, how <laughs> bad... <laughs> They say Taliban, <laughs> Taliban ban, the, fuck the Taliban cam, <laughs> the Taliban cam. Well, we get Joey back here talking about eel, eel, Ian and Axel Rotten. <laughs> Eel's um, better. E- eel Rotten. <laughs> they're their illegitimate third brother. They both stink. <laughs> 
we get an Ian promo, and uh, he goes through this. He goes through this whole thing about Axel being the bastard <laughs> child. Nate's trying to run down the, what Ian's doing, and just in the background, you just hear it's fucking terrible. He said, Our mom taught us murder, kill, blood, kill, murder, murder, blood, kill. He just keeps saying the same fucking words over and over again. You know that. Yeah. You know, and walk the line. In, in like the Johnny Cash movie where the dad's like the wrong son died. Like that's yeah. all I keep thinking when the fuck look at the rotten brothers. It's like the wrong one died. <laughs> Jesus. Why is Egan still around? Or yeah, why is it fucking fat slug still around? <laughs> now now he's Egan. Is it just call him Egan? Negan. Egan. Are we talking about Walking Dead? Wow, I'm talking about how <laughs> fucking terrible we rotten. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> He looks like he a beanbag and sat in too long. What? <laughs> Said he looks like a beanbag that's been sat into like an old beanbag. <laughs> a big Joe. <laughs> <laughs> beanbag rotten. <laughs> beanbag rotten. Good lord, Aaron. Are you okay? Are you having problems? <laughs> I know I know where you work from, and I know that the holidays can be kind of stressful. <laughs> but Jesus Christ. <laughs> Beanbag rotten. That's funny. <laughs> Joey then Joey then narrates footage and shows us some footage of a, uh, a a barbed wire baseball bat match between Axel and Ian at the last show from February twenty fifth. Um, and then, of course, Axel cuts a promo, which isn't it's terrible. Good. It's yes, good. It is good, and he's talking about settling family business. We need to settle this family business. If a if a barb if a bat wrapped in barbed wire can't settle it, we have to find something that will. And of course, we're heading, I think, toward the Taipei deal. I believe at this point. <laughs> yeah, we're we're totally heading towards the Taipei deal. Uh, the Ian stuff was rotten. Uh, no pun intended. Um, Axel, I mean, Axel's good, dude. If one thing Axel could ever, a- Axel could do everything good. That's you know, that's the funny thing, is I don't know what happened to Axel. You know, he, he, and when it comes to TV promos, he's like a one-take Jake. Mm-hmm. Or at least he was. I don't know if he's still cutting promos. I, yeah. I doubt that there, nobody's going to see him. But, um, but yeah, he was a one-take Jake. Axel was good, man. He, and he, he's a good director. Because I used to, when we used to do, we'd do, like, way back in the early 90s, Indies together, we used to cut TV for a Maryland company. He, Axel was only, like, a year You're older than me. Good. And he's running, he's directing, you know, promos. And he's dealing with guys that are in their 40s that have been in the business 20, 25 years. And he's telling them what, you know, how to direct and stuff. Mm-hmm. He ain't stupid. No, he always seemed, he always seemed to me, promo-wise, and when you watch him in the ring, to be have great psychology, um, to know his character, to know the business. Did he ever, I know this is, we're, we're looking way ahead here. Did he ever appear on the WWE version of ECW when it was on Sci-Fi? Do I remember him being on there? At I one think point? once he was on for like briefly, like yeah, I, I, he, he did like the invasion thing. Like he was part of, but he was part of the group of the invasion thing. You know what I mean? Okay, it's almost yeah. like being, you know, you know, it's like you know, it's like putting a hat on a hat. There it was. <laughs> I got it in tonight. Um. You know, because they just grabbed a bunch of, of uh, jabroni ECW guys, you know, to gather around. And, oh, it's Axel. But Axel got, like, one or two matches on TV on 
if you're if you if you watched it, he got like one or two matches on TV, either with balls or he may had you know a semi kind of squash thing or whatever. I think I think he and balls did have a match at the for that the uh, the one night standing. I think they would have had to have just so they could play balls with music. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I just it always surprised me that when they revamped ECW, just knowing knowing the oh, talent yeah, that he was. Yeah, I thought I got confused. You were talking about like WWE CW, like when they were yeah, on sci-fi. Yeah, sci-fi. Yeah, he wasn't on that. Because okay. I was just always surprised that he wasn't someone that was part of that just because he seemed like, and this isn't a knock on him at all. He had his issues, and that's why they didn't want him. Dude, he was the perfect guy. When you look at the old time posters, when it has like the, the, the like the old Mexican posters where it has the main event guys and then it has the whole entire supporting cast around them, and then he's the perfect guy you throw into that you know second or third spot, where it's a picture you would recognize. Oh, Axel Rotten, right? You know what I mean, I'll send you a. I'll, I'm gonna screen cap a, a, a poster that I got. I think of Axel and E that are that are gonna fight in IWA, and you look at the poster, you go, oh. That, you know, you could totally see where Axel would fit, in, and you would recognize him automatically in, in a, a thing. It's it's the fact that he he's just starting to get over now. At this point, he's just getting over an ECW, and then like kind of time is running out. Mm-hmm. It's you know, it's it sucks because I, I hate to say it, but it it ended up being kind of true. New York guys were number one, and Maryland guys were a close second when it came to Paul's booking. And, and it, it's obvious when you just, you know, you look at the fate of everybody that came from Maryland that worked there and everybody that came from New York that worked there. And Axel ended up at, at the, but Axel was his own worst enemy at the end of it. But yeah, I don't, I, I don't want to say it's like 100% true, obviously, because I wasn't there and whatever, but I did um, hear that that time when he went there during the invasion thing, he wasn't like <laughs> the the best behaved guy or whatever. So oh, no. Probably- that's probably why they, when they did ECW sci-fi, they probably didn't want to. They were like, oh, he didn't do good. He, he was wasn't invited here. back. He wasn't invited yeah, back wasn't after the first um, the first gimmick. Um, because he, he's the only guy that I know of that asked for his money up front, like for, for doing doing the, the gimmick, because he no-showed. He did – he did um, – they were supposed to do a um, – I guess, I don't know, what was Shotgun Saturday Night still a thing? Or was there anything before this? Because they were supposed to do a dry run of, of something similar the night before, and Axel completely just no-showed it. Like, he went to New York, he, he got himself to New York, and then he asked for a draw, his money up front, and then they didn't show up for whatever it was. So when he, you know, the next day, it's it, it all it all just fell apart. You know, you, you handed Axel, you know, two grand or whatever it is, you know. Like, when are you going to see him again? Yeah, well, about forty-five minutes, maybe. Yeah, it got pretty bad for the for the guy, man, and and it sucks because I I knew I knew what Paul, Paulie loved him, man. I knew Paulie loved him because you know he he did so much with him, and Axel knew so much, but he just couldn't just couldn't get it together. And this was this was just the beginning of it, for Christ's mm-hmm. sake. <laughs> like it gets way worse as, as if you guys not even with ECW with everything. You start hearing that Axel stories with you know with Ian and all this other stuff, and he's showing up in different towns, and he doesn't even know he thought he was booked in, and <laughs> he's asking promoters to book shows like immediately just because he's there. Hey, I'm here. <laughs> I'm Put in something the together. 
Yeah. Who can you get? Oh, poor Axel. Well, then they show us the footage that we already saw last week of uh, Malenko and Benoit attacking the public enemy um, in the ECW arena. And then they show us the ECW Tag Team Championship match, Taz and Sabu versus Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit. And this is a fantastic match. Um, Again, yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it because last week they showed highlights, but they didn't show near as much of the match. So I was happy that they actually showed the match this week. Um, there's a lot going on, a lot of a lot of, of high spots, obviously, with Sabu involved. And I know I noted the crowd is very hot. Chris Benoit takes some six suplexes. Right. Um, and and they 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 did the they did the smart thing too, where they get the whole situation where Taz is eliminated from the match almost, so that you can get in your Sabu spots, you know. So he can be the highlight. They, they just did a really good job of breaking this match up to highlight all four guys individually at different parts of the match. I guess it's just the simplest Dude, way to say it. it. In, in my in my opinion, it was great in theory. I just thought Sabu wasn't good. I just thought it was one of them nights where Sabu wasn't on. Like mm-hmm. he was hitting the spots like kind of half ass, like not half ass, and he wasn't trying them good to do them. He just wasn't. Sabu's not Rey Mysterio. Right. Well, and that's what I was going to ask you because because it, it, hindsight twenty twenty, looking back on it historically, and especially you as a worker, as much as as much as it was fun to watch Sabu at the time, Chad is Sabu solid or is Sabu sloppy? Oh, he's sloppy, and and I don't even think Sabu would even argue that fact. I mean, there's no, there's no way he, he has to know that he's not Rey Mysterio. There's no way that he doesn't. <laughs> And it's just, it, it's sometimes, it's, it, I don't know, I don't even want to give it a percentage or, or whatever, 50-50 kind of thing. It is what, I, I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. I, I'm the exact same way. I'm not Rey Mysterio. And there's a bunch of moves that I tried to do that I either stole from Zabu or I stole from Ray that I've done on shows that didn't come off so great. And then I tried them again, and if it didn't come off so great again, then it was like, all right, I obviously can't. I can't. I think the first one was the split leg of moonsault that I couldn't do it. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I always twisted my body on the way over. I never hurt anybody. It just didn't look good, you know. Right. And then I realized it didn't look good. But Sabu, he just, he just isn't good. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's not smooth, and 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 that that looks great. It looks great on camera for effect, yeah. right? I mean, sloppiness in wrestling is, is is an art. That's that's awesome because we bitch all the time, or I bitch all the time about how the matches look too good. You know, yeah. they're way too yeah. ricochet that's, against that's, like ricochet matches are just like you know, you, you put you, you put them on like at the circus kind of thing. Well, that, like, that's what I that's and, and and I am in no way. Don't get me wrong; they're both fantastic. The matches are fantastic, etc. But that's how I kind of feel about the ever hold, so holy held in such high regard trilogy between Steamboat and Flair. I'm not saying they aren't great matches, and I'm not saying they're not great performers. But in those three matches, very rarely does it look like a fight. It looks too smooth. Well, I will say in this, I, in I would their... say I would say that I would say that Austin and Bret Hart from WrestleMania 13 is better than Steamboat and Flair. For that reason, and I mean, okay, I'll die. And, I'll die on that hill, and and it is what it is. It's personal preference, but and here, here's here's what I here's my rebuttal to that. Austin 
and and uh, Brent was personal. Steamboat and Flair was professional. So you you weren't going to see the punching, the stomping, the kicking, the the dirtiness, you know, in the mm-hmm. in the Flair Steamboat because there was too much respect there. And I mean, I don't know if that if if you understand or that makes sense, but the Bret Hart, Steve Austin, there was just there was heat. And when you have heat, that's when people start to, you know, punch and kick and do all that other stuff. But no, I totally agree. I mean, I understand what you're saying that it, it's two different styles. And, of and, three, and like, like I great said, matches. like, yeah, I was going to say, like I said, you guys know, I was in no way shitting on those matches. I just, it's, it's, they, they almost look too, like you were mentioning about Ricochet. It almost all looks too small. After, yeah. after 40, after 45 minutes, somebody's got to be pissed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Jesus Christ. Anyway, we got off the beaten path there. Yeah, the only note I had, and it was because watching the reaction from the crowd and this, that, and the other thing. And I know we talk about how there wouldn't be an ECW without um, um, Terry, but is Sabu just as important to ECW as Terry Funk right at oh. the start of it? Yeah, Sabu, you know I mean? like, Sabu was ECW. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, like we, we talk about. Funk got the the attention because this legendary guy's doing it, but Sabu was the guy that it's like you got to come and see that. You know what I mean? And I think he, yeah. I, just as important to the, just as it important was, to um, that. Kind of it was that classic case of um, Terry can't. It was like just put Terry Funk in the Andre spot. Terry can't make every town. You're not booking Terry Funk every single yeah. month. And who 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 do we have that can that can draw just as much as Terry Funk? And give the crowd something different, uh, and and remind them of Terry Funk. You got Sabu, and at that point, man, in '95 at this time, Sabu was you know he was he was hotter than Tanya Tucker on a Saturday night <laughs> in, in 1983. But yeah, you had to have Sabu. Yes. You couldn't and, afford and, to lose him. Yeah, and like 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 you were saying, I know he's he's sloppy or whatever, but it just kind of. It added to it, in my opinion. I don't want to. Well, I don't want to picture perfect Sabu. I want the Sabu that he might fall off the rope and have to jump up and do it again. You know what I mean? Well, well the, the only problem with sloppy Sabu can we can we get that? Can we get him in the pit? What is it called? The Pedro wrestling? What is it? The pedo pro wrestling? Yeah, can we get sloppy Sabu? Sloppy, there? sloppy Sabu. <laughs> Can we get him in there? But that—that's what—that's what makes it so like it's so good because it looks so real because it is so sloppy. But at the same time, it sucks. It sucks to be the people that got to take all this shit because you know you got knees flying when he does like them springboards and stuff like that, and he's flipping all over the place, making an ass out of himself, and he's he landing on you, and he, you know because it's up to you to catch him. You know, and it's up to him to do the best job that he can of performing the spot. <laughs> That's all you got to do is just rotate your body, you dummy. <laughs> He's a whiz. Well, so the, it wasn't uh, like, oh, sorry. No, it's all right. I'm just saying, like, like I don't want to say, it, like, he wasn't like a dick about it or anything, was he? Like, oh, like if he, no, I mean, he, he nicked yeah. or whatever on something stupid. Was he like, hey, sorry about that earlier? Or? Yeah, he, he fucked me up. Um, He fucked me up. And he did it, and I mean, I heard different stories. I heard that it was on purpose, but he said that it, it was. He apologized. He was like, "Dude, I put the table way too close to to the um, ring apron, so I had no choice but to cannonball through it because I had nowhere to go. I didn't have a chance to like launch myself to prepare for. It. I just went 
as soon as I went over to the top rope, I went through the table where you want it. And I was like, yeah, I, I walked away. We finished, you know, we finished the match. Yeah, um, that was just something I was interested about him. Like, I didn't know if he was just a guy like, Hey, you got in the ring with me. You'd the style I work or if he was, like, Oh dude, dude shit. he wouldn't have lasted a, a month in that locker room with, with that attitude in, in, in ECW. <laughs> Fuck no. Um, somebody in that locker room would have fucked him up. I, I mean, I'm, I'm just being honest. There's no chance that he walked around with that kind of attitude. Like it is what it is. Uh, you know, like if you were, if you were your uncle, maybe, you right. know, but you're not, but yeah. I, um, yeah, he would definitely, he would definitely apologize and he knew he wasn't the greatest. I mean, that's what, it, that's what made it look so great. It looked, it looked real. Public Enemy, or I'm sorry, not Public Enemy, uh, Malenko and Benoit wind up winning the Tag Team Championships after, like I said, I really enjoyed this match. And then we get your standard ECW chaos afterwards. Public Enemy comes out, 911 brings Taz back out to the ring. There's choke slamming of referees, et cetera, et cetera, to end this thing. But the low, the long and short of it is the, uh, the team of Benoit and Malenko are the new ECW Tag Team Champions. Then we get Public Enemy um, in the back with Jason. Who apparently, according to the the story here, um, he still has the contract of Dean Malenko. Therefore, he can dictate what's going to happen with Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit. They're in the public enemy's trying to intimidate Jason, and then the pit bulls come in and attack. Yeah, and then then the worst thing ever happened. Like, a pit a pit bull promo. Yeah, <laughs> the interview was going so everything was going so good. And then all of a sudden, Gary Wolf decided, I want to talk. Pitbull House. Yes, dude. Oh, good Lord. Dude, that that, that stuff was good, man. That was a great package. Everything was, I thought, was well well produced. And I didn't even really think, that, I don't think there was a reason for the Pitbulls. Not Jason. I said the Pitbulls. I don't think there was a, a reason for them to talk other than, Unless it was just an ego thing, yeah, they wanted to, they wanted to get their shit in. I, I totally agree. If, J, if yeah, they would have just let Jason cut the Jason promo and say, "If you can beat my pit bulls, I'll sign the contract," that would have well, been perfectly effective. The, the pit bulls, <laughs> yeah, the pit bulls are a team that if you're gonna put Jason with them anyway, then just don't have them talk. You know what I mean? It's kind of like when they put Fuji with the powers of like, these two fuckers. Oh, come can't. on. But no, I'm saying I'm saying they look fit, physically they look fantastic, but neither one of them are great at promos. So let's put Fuji. You talk for him, you know what I mean? Well, that's like saying there's no room for number one Paul Jones to talk on the microphone. <laughs> no, <laughs> if you're gonna have a jabroni manager like that, you gotta have you got if you get. Uh, my thing is, I like <clears throat> the, the worst stuff. Yeah, you can't talk. Put him on TV. Let's, let's watch him talk, <laughs> and then, you know, and then we'll we'll see what we can, we can get out of it. Jabroni Pitbull interview, yeah, not so great. The um, the Pitbull number two, he 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 he. That's what I was saying. He know you can tell Pitbull number two knows his promo ability because he keeps it fucking <laughs> short. You know, he keeps it short. He knows. He knows. I'm not a fucking promo. <laughs> He don't. He don't have to be either, right? Yeah, he looks <laughs> like a fucking badass. That's the point. At, at this point, his reputation is is uh, getting out there, man. Everybody knows that Anthony was a, uh, you know, a world a world beater, and you know, and he didn't have to say much. You know, he's like Paulie Castellano. He didn't have to say much. Everybody just knew. 
I would hate to have, I would hate to owe somebody money and they would have to send, well, now I wouldn't mind. But back in the day, if, if I owed somebody money and they sent Anthony after me Oof. and he shows up wearing a leather underwear and chains around his neck. <laughs> What's going to happen to me? <laughs> How's my night going to turn out? Am I going to die or get raped or both? Can I share this on YouTube? <laughs> Uh, you know, can I post this? But yeah, the gist of this whole deal is that Jason is willing to sign the contract for the Public Enemy on behalf of Malenko and Benoit if Public Enemy can beat the Pitbulls this Saturday night at the ECW Arena. And then we get um, to, to round out the show, we get some promos from Shane Douglas, Mick Foley, Woman, Sandman, and Terry Funk. And everybody, again, this is this is. I mean, Shane and Mick are fine. Here and I'm a big fan of Mick Foley promos, but it, it, this one was just average. But again, just much like last week, Woman and Terry Funk bring the show bring the show home with the best possible. I actually like I actually liked Cactus's take on it. Oh, I didn't. Like, I didn't say I didn't like it. I just how, like talking about how he wasn't going to take Funk's picture down or throw his autograph away. He was just going to because he still thought Funk was his hero. But he take the man down and throw him away, you know. Like, and I and Shane's promo was just Shane's promo. I was glad he, he wasn't talking fucking, you know. But it's just I, I thought everybody did a good. Thought I thought it was exceptional. He's got some other old. I thought Mick was great. I mean, Mick Mick painted a um a tremendous picture of of what he thought about you know Funk. He did. I mean. We all have them guys. I don't. I mean, I don't know who you guys in Ohio have. What do you guys have? The OVE guys, pictures <laughs> on the walls. <laughs> you got. You're gonna tear down your John Moxley we, posters. <laughs> we, we got. We gotta go. We got. We gotta go out of state for our heroes. Sorry, Frank Williams. I got. I got. Yeah. I got. Yeah. I. I get to choose between Al Snow, The Miz, and Dolph Ziggler. That's yeah, Brian Pillman. Yeah, Brian. Okay. <laughs> okay. But you still have Al Snow and who else did you say? Brian the Miz Pelton. and Dolph Ziggler. And Alexa Bliss. Well, then there you go. There's your winner right there. It was she's from Columbus, Ohio, but you still have Frank Williams. Yeah. Ah, there we go. He's up from Columbus, Ohio. That, that's why I love when they and he's got bigger. That's the only reason why I love when they still announce Alexa Bliss when they announce where their hometowns are. Because Alexa Bliss, they always say, from Columbus, Ohio. And I expect Frankie Williams to come slobbing her out there. No, we don't get it. He's been dead for 35 years. We got Neil Armstrong. He went to them fucking... Well, he stinks. He never got a, he never got beat up by... Who'd he ever... Yeah, who'd Neil Armstrong ever beat? Yeah. <laughs> Gravity. <laughs> we're, we're comparing Neil Armstrong to Frankie Williams. <laughs> <laughs> There's a guy who who like broke like the sound barrier and shit. There's another guy who just got beat up by Roddy Piper awfully. The, and it was the worst Piper's pit ever because he couldn't even knock him out of his chair. He, he, just the chair slides. <laughs> when you put that wide ass in that fucking little chair, he ain't gonna fall out. Surprise, he got I'm in. From, I'm from Columbus, Ohio. Well, overall, gents. <laughs> What did we think of this week's episode of East? Did we watch one? <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were just beating people up for, for no reason today. <laughs> it was there. That's really all I can say about it. Nothing happened, really. 
it just kind of was there. It, it was a, it was essentially another one of those shows that was a placeholder. This was a this was a he, well no it was a heavy heavy public enemies episode. It was it was furthering essentially furthering the 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 public enemy plight. I guess to get into the tag team scene again, having lost the titles. And again, it goes back to the fact that when they do all them promos, is Paul has access to fucking Teddy and Johnny. Mm-hmm. They, they can they can cut promos from wherever they're at. Either send them in, or Paul can drive out to them. So when Paul needs time to fill, it's hey Johnny. <laughs> That's what he does. Hey Johnny, we we need like three minutes to fill. That's exactly how it was. It was a it was a decent it was a decent um show. I didn't have a ton of notes, so it was probably good. So I didn't. I, that means I didn't write a ton of jokes about how bad things were. And it never um, lost me. It never lost me. I, I I stayed engaged the whole forty five minutes. Or I just get tired of the review of the recap stuff, man. That it, that gets on my nerves because um, even today, what I watched it before the lovely Miss Jess picked me up. And I was telling her about, she's like, what were you doing? I was like, watching this show, whatever. And she's like, let me guess. They did a recap. <laughs> and I said, yeah. And she said, of what? I went, and I, I, as soon as I said Sabu, she said Sabu and Tess versus Benoit Malenko. And, all. <laughs> yeah. and, and I said, I, I popped huge. And I said, you even knew the people's names? Because that's how far re- removed she is from watching it. But she's seen so many of this and she's like these six guys are still fucking and then, oh no it's the same match yeah it's oh. the same match <laughs> she thought it was she thought it was like the fucking the, the um the blomos and oh. in the in the, in the um the, who are the who are the, the uh Samoan guys in WWE the tag team champ the, the, Usos? the blomos <laughs> the blomos <laughs> Yeah, that's what she thought it was. That's what we call. That's what we call. Pretty much the guys we don't know their names. The Belomos. <laughs> well, guys, before we sign off, any parting words for our listeners this week? Anything you want to say? Anything you want to plug? Uh, Aaron, you first. Because uh, I said some. I just had here. Thanks for listening. And big things are going to be happening with the whole podcast network going forward. Look out for that. I don't know anything about any of this. I don't either. I just know Nate said big shit's going to happen. Oh, okay. That's cool. I'm a promoter. That's what we say. Oh, so you're working what, what, talent. What, whether it's true or talent. not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, fucking Paul you're Paul Heyman. You're lying to us. None of us get paid. <laughs> so, so basically, Aaron, what you're saying is we got to look for another booker. Because <laughs> yeah. we're... We're, we're getting sold down the river for Archie Mitchell. <laughs> these guys, I was about to say next week, these guys will be working with Archie. I'll be out of the picture. Yeah. Um, as far as I got, um, I, I do have, um, the only thing that I do have coming up is I do have a big update for my, um, my videos. Uh, me and Jess spent some time upstairs and we rearranged a bunch of stuff. And I'm going to be uploading on Chad's Video Vault. It's a Facebook group page. As you just if you go to the page and just sign up, I accept everybody, even the little girls from India or whatever you know, that send me dirty pictures. I, I allow them into my group too. So you never know what you're going to find in my, my group page. But um, I have a big update coming because I, I came across some good stuff. And yes, gentlemen, I did come across some five stars. All right. That's what I'm talking about. And I haven't I haven't viewed it yet, but 
I, I just saw the DVD and I said, oh, five star it is. Did you, did you, did you, did you look at five, the, the DVD and go, yep, yep. <laughs> oh, oh, dude, I just, my, I, my eyes lit up and I popped. And I actually, I actually set my beer down on the windowsill because I had to brace myself. So I put my hand next to my beer when I found it. It was like, oh, I had to take a, it was like a deep breath. It was like, oh, I, I, I didn't even know I had this. Or I knew I had it, but I don't think that's the one that I knew that I had. I think this is a different one. This could be like the other five star. There's got to be more than just six hours of it. But it can't be more than 12, right? It's five star from. We're gonna <laughs> call it five star from the vault. That's what yes. You mean. Yes. I'll be promoting that. <laughs> but yes, everybody, check out Chad's Video Vault on Facebook. It is that simple. Just type in Chad's Video Vault, and you will find Chad's page. And of course, join us on the WrestleNet Radio podcast. And well, right now it's the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Uh, page but in a couple of days it's just going to be the wrestlenet radio podcast page i'm converging them all into one because that makes it easier for me on so facebook so we can so we can listen to any show anytime again no 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 i'm just i'm, I'm taking oh. we have we have a reliving the, <laughs> we have a reliving the extreme page we have a wrestlenet radio page blah 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 i'm just going to merge them all into one so i don't i, I can just manage one. but we're gonna do that. There's stuff coming on YouTube. I'm gonna. We have a. I have a YouTube page that I've started. I haven't put anything up yet, but I'm gonna be making some videos for that in the new year, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So, yes, I said big things coming. It's the. I hope they're big things coming. Let's call it that. But that being said, I want to thank Aaron, thank Chad for joining me and joining you, everybody, this week, and thank you for joining us. And we will see you in 2023 as we continue reliving the extreme. Have a great weekend.